Welcome to the Community Builder Podcast. The world is our classroom, and every moment is an opportunity to understand human connection at a newer level. On this podcast, we'll explore the minds of active community builders as they strive to leave their imprint on the world. King. Let's build. Yeah, I, I'm excited, man. I, I know we've been connected on Twitter for, you know, a while and, you know, exchanged some tweets here and there. And um, yeah, I, I honestly just wanted to kind of, you know, catch up with you and, you know, A, see, you know, what you're, you're working on and what you're excited about. And, you know, definitely would love to dive into some of the stuff you're doing with the late checkout Substack and kind of like what you're up to, because I know you're up to something over there. Um, and also just dive into anything that you're curious about or, you know, that you're currently thinking about. Yeah, man. I got, I mean, I got a lot of thoughts. If, if you, if you want to hear, I got a lot of thoughts, uh, man, this is, th- these are my favorite episodes because wh- when, when I can help unlock thoughts, I learn so much. So Greg, go ahead. I'm, I'm here to learn, man. <laughs> I mean, where do you want to start? Where should we start? I mean, basically the entire like society as we know it is being rewritten. This is the probably the biggest consumer shift happening right now in the last 15 years, 10 years, really since the, you know, the app store has come out. Um, and there's not enough people working on startups to fulfill the needs. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is going to be the renaissance. Like this is going to be one of the most interesting time periods of all time. And you're going to see many just new companies come out. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm kind of sleepless to be honest. So basically if you could ask one thing from the the heavens or the the universe you would say bring me more resources so i could build more stuff is is what i'm summing that up to <laughs> i mean cl- yeah i'd love to clone myself if you know anyone who could do that or just find people to you know have key insights like my whole thing is communities so like if you have a key insight in a particular community, um, you could probably build a startup around it and you could probably make at least seven figures from it. Um, and the time to do it is now. So, you know, what I'm looking for is just, you know, connections to people who have a deep insight about something. Um, and you know, I, I saw a tweet today. I think it was like, I don't know who said it, but it was like 2010, like, you know, it's all about, uh, like the gig economy, 2015, it's all about D to C 2020. It's all about community. And I think that's, it's finally happening. The shift is finally happening. So yeah, I am, I'm excited that it's here. Yeah. No, I think you brought up a, a bunch of interesting points that get me thinking a lot because 
this is a space that I kind of stumbled into when I was working at Meetup. Um, so I'm sure you, you know Scott, right? And like yep. all the work he's done. And as I started exploring, I was like, what is this space? Like, what is community? Why do we have, you know, some people calling businesses out for how they do communities? Then you've got other people that are building direct to consumer communities that are really focused on the people and have nothing to do with products, right? And I, I just started to get curious. And, and I also had this belief like two years ago that communities are the solution to a lot of the problems that we're facing just as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you kind of talk about ways that, it's kind of the the reckoning and, and it's, it's a way for people to kind of, kind of start from scratch. Like what, like if you could give someone like a very, very simple blueprint for how you would go about tackling a vertical or how they could identify a space or a, an insight that they're probably not looking for, like what would be some things that you would tell them? I mean, the first thing, well, first of all, I'm going to back up for a second because you brought up <laughs> Scott. So Scott is, you know, was the co-founder of, of meetup.com, um, dear friend, dear friend of mine. And he, he took me on one of these meetup tours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Are you going to different meetup groups? Yeah. yeah. So I knew Scott was like, sent me an email at like, 12 p.m. and he's like hey what are you doing at five and i was like i don't know he's like come with me on this meetup tour is, what is it called is it called a meetup tour it's called something like that a meetup tour uh that there's so many different names but yeah, yeah. essentially so basically i was like okay i show up i have no idea what the hell, like what to expect i show up there's a van outside he's like get in the van i'm like okay i get in the van it's like eight meetup employees and myself and they're like, Hey, we're going to go check out eight, like eight meetups in four hours or six hours. I was like, okay. So we're like going, you know, we're going to all these different meetups and we're going to like, um, you know, women who code meetup, we go to like the Harry Potter meetup. We, we go to like, you know, widows who have diabetes, you know, wine gathering and, and what you really get a sense, you know, it was just a a remarkable experience. Um, just seeing all the different types of people coming together. And what you learn is that at the core of it, what do humans have in common is we, when, when we come together, great things happen. And, you know, what meetup was so great at doing is creating this structure and infrastructure so that people can come together physically, but it's 2020. Um, you know, there needs to be ways for us to do that digitally. And, you know, when the current um, product out there, you know, that has a billion monthly active users um, is Facebook groups. And, you know, that's kind of like what we have when, when we think about, you know, virtual groups. Um, you know, my personal belief is that, you know, I don't want to live in a world where Facebook groups is the end all and be all of of like how people come together. So, but I will say that it gives you insight as to what types of communities um, should, you know, are formed and, and how you can think about creating those, you know, communities. Um, and I think, you know, your question, your question is really like, where do I start? And I think like what 
where you need to, where people need to start is with themselves. You know, it's like, what, do, what is, you know, if you are, you know, a, a widow with diabetes, diabetes, it's like how many others are out there and what, what are the tools or what is the community that I can create around it? You know, so it's, a, you know, there's a, obviously a famous saying, come for the tool, stay for the network. And I think, you know, the mistake that a lot of folks make is they end up just creating communities and they end up just creating like another version of a Facebook group, but it's like, that's not what they need. Um, so yeah, my number one advice would be just like before anything, start with yourself. Yeah, no, I love that. And I meet up crawls is what we called them. I was like, what was the name of that thing? Um, but no, I appreciate that meetup story. And yeah, they, they definitely give you insights into a lot of different worlds. Like I did a similar tour. We went to like a music group and I think one other group, but like then all came back together about what we learned. Um, but then even to your point about how many others like me are there out there and then either building a community for that or giving, you know, building a tool that they can, you know, come to use and then obviously stay for the people and the network and the, um, belonging. But, but I think it's something interesting out of that too, is, is that there, there's going to be a shift, right? It's, it's, there's a huge bubble in venture capital, right? I'm sure we could talk, we could do a whole series on that. Um, and I, I'm curious too, because when I was at Meetup, one of the things that I was always interested in was the data, right? And so like one of the things that I, I really, you know, gravitated towards at least weekly, if not daily, probably, sorry, that was Rocky. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was the fact that um, there were so many interests areas. Like it's insane if you look at the number of things people in the world are interested in. Like, I'm pretty sure on, and again, this is just, it is what it is. There were so many groups where you would look at it and you'd be like, I cannot believe there are people meeting up about X and they'd be thousands. And so when you start to kind of look at the demand, I think one of the other things to think about is like, where are people currently gathering in mass amounts and what insight can I take from that? So like to your point, the unbundling of Reddit, that's happening, right? It already happened enough to where you could see the financial gains of it from a company, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then even things like Meetup as a platform, what things are people still continuing to meet up about? And like, how can you give them something to either make that experience better or, you know, that they can, can share with more people, right? And even Facebook groups too the titles of the groups, these are all things that people are interested in. And so like when you can start to think about, okay, this isn't the end all be all, like you said, this is only a, a pinpoint on the map to the long-term goal of helping these people get more out of whatever they're seeking when they go to these spaces. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really well put. I think um, the other interesting thing to note, which we kind of started with is that, um, you know, because physical gatherings are not like it's COVID, you don't really want to like get together with a thousand people. Um, but people have that like human need to come together more, you know, well, just as much, um, today as they did. Um, there's, you know, from a startup perspective, your ability to create something that speaks to that community and gets them to try it um, is high. So, 
you know, there was this narrative for a really long time, which was in the tech world, which is that like, for example, people don't let people don't download apps anymore. And that's not true. You know, um, I had a friend, you know, a friend of mine tweeted yesterday, doesn't even have that many followers. He was like, Hey, does anyone want to try a new messaging app? 500 people responded. Um, you know, I think, I think, um, you know, there's a, a thirst and a hunger right now for new products. Uh, um, so that's also just another, another thing that I want to know. Yeah, I love that. And I think the, the other thing that you've done a great job of it, and especially from a lot of the other content that I've seen that you've uh, collaborated on or even put out yourself was just, you know, how you're thinking about this, right? Like essentially it, if you can find something and build a tool around it and you just spend time better understanding the needs of the people you're trying to serve and you don't necessarily start with the Facebook, right? That's what we all know is Facebook, but you start with the thing that says, Hey, I want to get together a bunch of people in college and build a tool that they can use to connect while they're all at home wondering if they're going back to school or not, which also is a plug at islands, right? It's like, these are things that you've seen and you've built, right? And so um, I'd be curious too, like I just imagine, I can just see you running a, a giant startup school or incubator of some sort that literally just says, hey, do you have an idea or do you have energy to solve one? Come here and follow this plan until we figure out and chip away what is actually gonna be a product that's gonna, you know, obviously, like you said, create seven figures in revenue, potentially help millions of people um, solve a problem. Yeah, I, you know, first of all, to the Facebook point, you know, people often forget, but in the, I think it was the seed deck, seed uh, investment deck for Facebook, it actually didn't position itself as a social network. It positioned itself as an online directory for college students using social networking, you know, ultimately. But the, you know, Facebook ultimately started off as the tool. It was a way for you to see the faces, literally the book of faces, um, quite literally. And, and then eventually they added social networking and they've added the ability to comment and they have added wall posts and then, then, you know, added all these like kind of fun ways to like, you know, talk about who you are. Um, and then they had a newsfeed cause they needed, there was just like a fire hose of content and they needed a way to like bring it up and, you know, it evolved. Um, but it, it very much started as a, as a tool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think, I think like, you know, utility precedes community in, in, in a lot of senses. Um, so, you know, I, what I, what I don't want people to do is, you know, after I, I basically started tweeting out that like the unbundling of Reddit's happening and on my sub stack, I started talking about it. There was a lot so, of people who, who just, just like, doing stuff, <laughs> doing stuff. And I was like. Uh, you know, they were DMing me on Twitter and they're like, Hey, this is what I started. And I was like, no, like, no, no, like, absolutely not. Like, no, you know, I, I, I think like, you know, the first thing to do is to think about like, you know, an example would be how about, you know, I, you, let's just say you're very passionate about, you know, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers. Um, people work for the gig economy, DoorDash, you know, drivers. It's like, okay you know, they, I would just get these DMs. It's like, Hey, I'm created this, like f- essentially Facebook group around, um, 
Uber drivers. And I'm like, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is like, be at one with the Uber drivers, be at one with these people, try to understand what they need. Maybe what they need is like an analytics tool that like ultimately shows them how to make more money. Or maybe what they really need is like, you know, um, a map of drivers showing, you know, around them. Or maybe what they really need is like a party line that, you know, drivers in the area could hop on kind of like clubhouse, but for Uber drivers, you know, and then you can layer on the community type stuff. You know, once you have that, as long as it's a part of the roadmap. I think that's so, so insightful because as, as you think about it, right? Like, okay, great. You found a, a million drivers and got them to go to some place. Like, that's great. But like what utility, what use does that energy get generate? Like, did you do something positive? Did you make someone feel something? Did someone transform because of what you, you gave them? Right. Like with just, you said like a group, it's great that everyone's here, but like that, that doesn't really make you any different. And so like to your point of, of, you know, a map of other drivers, like think about, it, it kind of reminds me of like being a kid. Like, I think I was in seventh grade or so. No, that's it. Maybe like fifth grade. I won like a, a story writing competition because we, we created this crazy story about these superheroes that just went off in Hummers and ATVs and saved school districts and all this like just wild stuff. Um, but it was those sort of ideas that was like, oh, like what if we could literally make a chain that whenever it stopped, like if you were idle for more than five minutes, the next driver automatically gave you a cue to get your money back up for the day. Like to your point about Lyft and Uber drivers and like, really, like you said, be one with the people you're trying to serve and think about like, if, if I were solving this problem for myself, what would be really dope that actually would give me utility and a better experience doing X? Yeah, um, I think the, the, you said a really important word, which I, never, I haven't thought of actually. It's like, how do you serve your community? Like you're not, building a community a community already exists like yep. wh whether you like it or not you're just you're you're basically as as a founder or community builder or whatever you want to call yourself community designer there's all these mm -hmm. new terms coming around but it's like yeah. ultimately you're a community server you know you look what does this you know a server do a server you know is attentive to the needs and wants of a particular community and your job is to deliver that sort of service to to that community and that's what a, a good that's what you got that's what you should be doing yeah i mean if anyone wants a quick lesson on how to serve people just talk to anybody in their life that was ever a waiter or waitress true absolutely it, it, such parallel paths that like if you actually approached building a community like serving dinner to um a potential you know visitor in your restaurant it probably, it would be the same exact thing. Right. To show up. Hey, welcome to, right. you know, the Eisenberg King Steakhouse. And tonight, you know, you get, you know, a special dish. If you come up here and hop on our podcast, this will be so great. Right. And then you, you go through and you're like, oh, like, what would you like to eat? You want the fish? Do you want the chicken? Vegetarian? Okay, great. You have everything from operations to the chefs to the ambiance, everything. And if they like the meal that we serve them in the experience, then they come back for more. If they don't, it's right. Go ahead. 
Yeah, in tech, it's just, you know, it just made me think like in technology, we have this, you know, habit of overcomplicating things. Um, you know, especially in venture, in the venture world, like we, you know, you start a company, you raise a bunch of money, you have to like talk a certain way, you have to pitch it a certain way, you have to build certain features because those features are like, you know, in vogue or whatever. And it's, you know, clubhouse is taking off. So you have to, you know, create a clubhouse type thing or whatever it is, you know, you have to be on trend. And, you know, a lot of the time, I think, you know, especially when it comes to community oriented products, it's, it's, it's really just because, you know, distilling the needs and wants of a particular community at that time and that moment of time in a really, really succinct way and being able to push it back to people um, that they, they get on this experience, no matter what the experience is, is, is it, it feels like they're home. Like, uh, you know, they get that sense, like, you know, there's certain, there's a couple of restaurants I can think of that when I get there, even though it's on my home, I like, I get there and like, I, you know, I feel like I'm at home. Like I know the waiter or waitress and, you know, I know like the food comforts me, like the idea even of comfort food. Like if you can think about, you know, building a product, like comfort product, right? Like comfort product. What does that mean? It means you're, you feel comforted by using it. And I think like, that's the, that's the goal. You just got me thinking about like the same emotion that I get when my mom cooks mac and cheese Mm -hmm. to using a tool that helps founders create their first community sprint. Like if it's like, Hey, yeah, every, every single idea, here are the steps you follow. Step one, mm-hmm. go to these three buckets of people. Boom. Step two, if they're already not talking about what they need and you have ideas and solutions for that, go ask them what they need. Great. Bam. Step three, figure out if they want to actually come and, 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 and have dinner with you. Do they want to actually play with the thing you built that can help them have better lives? Okay, great. Step four, oh, do they actually like it and do they want to come back again? If they like it, then run another event, invite more people, maybe ask to add on one more thing, and then you just do it again. And you keep mm-hmm. doing that until you have enough of critical mass. And then on the flip side, if you don't have that, start over. Mm-hmm. Go ask a different set of people what they need. It, 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 it's, it's funny because as I say it out loud, I'm like, oh, wait, this is way simpler than <laughs> everybody that I also talk to on a regular basis, like makes it sound. And I especially find it in like B2B technology communities because that, again, we could do a whole other series on, on those spaces in and of itself. Um, but like, I've heard you talk about this a lot, but the idea of verticalization and really going deep, right. To then be able to come back up and then go wide, I think is super important as you start to think about what is that minimum viable utility MVU making new buzzwords out here um, that you can grab and give to someone and then how many times can you stack that on top of it to actually make a product that people want to use yeah i mean every product that you could think of that's hit mainstream started with a small group of people like you have to start with a small group of people um sometimes i i've heard you know feedback from investor type people and they're like you know listen to a particular pitch and they're like yeah but like the total addressable market is too small. 
And, you know, I think that there's an issue with looking at that, that metric as like, oh, hey, like your market's too small because, you know, if you think about Uber, like Uber started off in SF, you know, black cars on demand on your mobile phone when like people weren't, you know, ordering anything really on your mobile phone. And black cars is like actually quite a, you know, not a huge market. And SF only has 800,000 people in it. So it's like, when you look at it, it's like, actually the market's pretty, pretty damn small. Um, but like, you know, a lot of the times you're creating this new market or the market is like, you can just expand and expand and expand. Like for example, like how Reddit did it, you know, Reddit's initial, our audience was, Reddit was a YC company, it was a Y Combinator company. Their audience was Y Combinator founders. They started off with like basically like a front page for that audience. Then they started adding pages that they'd curate. And then they added the ability for some people to create these subreddits. But it, my point of the whole thing is you got to start somewhere. And the other point I'd like to make is, because you mentioned B2B technologies, like, you know, we often forget that like, yes, it's business to business. You're selling to business, but like, there's still people at the end of the day, the common denominator is people like they're there. Ultimately it's people to people, <laughs> you know, like I don't care if it's B2C or B2B it's people to people. And, you know, one of the, one of the things I've learned is one of the most um, hidden, you know, best kept secrets or whatever. And this is going to sound obvious, but it's like, how do you just speak in plain English in a really easy way that like people can understand? I'm not just saying like English is the language. I mean, like, you know, whatever language you speak in plain, whatever language, um, so that it's just really, really, really easy, um, to understand. And, um, it's, it's hard because especially in B2B, there's a lot of jargon and you kind of want to like sound like you're kind of impressing via jargon, but that's like, I actually think that that is a negative than a positive. Yeah, I, hundred percent agree. And I think it, um, yeah, it also makes me think kind of another thought that I have is like, you mentioned earlier in the show about, um, you know, keeping you up at night. And this is like interesting because it's, I heard you say it and I was like, I wanted to come back to this because having an opportunity keep you up at night is a lot different than having a problem keep you up mm -hmm. at night. So That's could you true. touch on, could you touch on that a little bit? I'm curious to kind of get your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not exactly sure why my brain is wired so that like I want to accomplish a lot, um, you know. But I guess you know if I had to like be existential about it, I I would probably say like I look up to, you know, I love autobiographies, I love biographies, I love people who are are best in class or whatever they do leaders and whatever they do. And those are people that try a lot and they're out there and they, they work hard and I look up to those people. Um, and I want to do that in, in my world as well. So because of that mixed with the fact that, um, there is this, you know, I've been working in tech since I've been a teenager. It's been a long time now. Um, there's only been a few moments of time where I really felt that that's something like, quote unquote, something was in the air. So, but I can tell you right now, something is in the air and it's not coronavirus <laughs> or maybe it is. Um, 
but there's something else in the air besides COVID and, and that's just the opportunity. So, um, you know, I think it's important that we like look up and, and see and, and see what we can build. And, and some of it are profit is profit seeking companies. Some of it is, you know, pleasure seeking companies. Some of it is, you know, nonprofit it doesn't make really a difference. Um, what it is, but I think there's a lot of opportunity to create things that make the lives of people of people happier and healthier. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I definitely think I, I highlighted, I was like, I can definitely see you having your own school or incubator of, of these sorts of ideas. Um, is that something, are you working on something like, is that what uh, yeah. the Substack is? Okay. Well, you know, the sub, so, you know, what I'm working on now is a, I'm a co-founder of a company called Late Checkout. And Late Checkout um, has a Substack where we talk about, or, and by we, I'm, I, it's me, <laughs> um, <laughs> where I'm talking, where I, I just, I need to get my thoughts out there, basically. I need a, a space to just say stuff. And so that's what the, you know, latecheckout.substack.com is. What Late Checkout is, is, is three things. So um, we fundamentally believe that uh, there's an opportunity to unbundle platforms like Reddit and, and create uh, community-oriented products. Um, and that community is at the core of some of our favorite brands. So we uh, ideate on, on, on different communities, we design products, and then we build them and we launch companies. So that's the first thing we do. Uh, the second thing we do is we work with a few select clients on on exploring that. Um, sometimes they're just cash-only deals, and sometimes we take a little bit of equity in them. Um, and the third thing is we have a fund, and the fund is um, acquires internet communities, profitable internet communities. Um, and you know, we think that there's a lot of undervalued communities out there. So if we can find a home for it and, and also, you know, take it to the next level, um, why not? That's what we do. Got it. No, that's, no, that's super intriguing to me because I feel like that is at the intersection of like all the things that I'm looking to learn more about and get more entrenched in as I continue to hop through this, you know, journey that we call work. Um, and I think one of the interesting things about it, it's like you've given yourself a clear pipeline, right? Whether it's you actually want to be in the the weeds, right? In doing the building of ideas and designing of products and launching of companies. But then also you you have that mentorship side and that advising side where you're helping guide, you know, founders and, and, and passionate community builders, community connectors, again, whatever they like to be called, right? I, I'm, I'm like, it is what it is. I help bring people together. Like, that's what I like to do. So however you think to call me that, just know Travis is the community guy. Um, but then uh, also having a few clients, I think it's also super interesting because then you still get to play and, and test things that aren't fully yours, but then you still get to, again, advise uh, without having, you know, anything at stake, especially from a, from a financial perspective. So um, I, I love that, man. Um, and I guess like, what are some of the things that you've been seeing as far as like the ones that have been, I guess some common patterns and traits that uh, you can kind of pick up that people might not, that people might not think about, right? Like you mentioned keeping things simple. Um, you mentioned starting small. 
Um, and you mentioned, um, you know, going to places where these people already are, but are there any other things that you'd say kind of adds to the consistency of, of what makes some of these uh, communities successful? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll just, you know, give you the process of how we, how we basically do it. So, um, you know, the, number, the, the first thing to do is if, if you want to, if you're interested in creating a startup for in a particular vertical, what you should do is like start number one, start with the research. So like, well, step zero is like, where do you have a fundamental advantage over other people so like what types of communities do you know better than anyone else so like for example like you know i'm canadian maybe i have an opportunity to build some canadian you know immigrants in the united states for example that could be a huge thing you know i i'm uh, had some questions around naturalization recently like getting citizenship in the us so i'm sure there might be other people who have questions where do they have those questions um what are the most common questions um and so you start with you start with the research you your goal you know in st so in step one so it's step zero you've decided like advantages step one is like you've identified some communities and you're going deep on one you start with the research you spend like up to a week doing research you come up with some hypotheses around like okay where is this where is there opportunity to um help people like that's where it, or serve people as we were talking about how do you serve mm -hmm. these people um and you know the step two is really like looking at the data i would say so like we look at a lot of different data sources to inform some of our research um one of the ones i talked about in my Substack was redditlist.com which talks about some of the most trending subreddits that gives you a sense of like how popular something is um, but there's, there's tons of different, you know, data sources that you can look at, um, for, you know, be it like different Instagram accounts or Facebook accounts or, uh, TikTok, um, you know, going deep on places like TikTok to really understand who people are and what their needs are. Um, Twitter's another good one cause it's open. Um, and then, uh, then we just develop experiments and we actually like mock up what an experience might look like we put a wait list um we make it generally feel pretty exclusive and then we disseminate that that wait list or that product even though it hasn't really been built yet to get feedback and the goal there is just to get feedback you know back in what was it the you know 20 in 2010 to 2020 basically um Eric Reese's lean startup, I feel like was referenced a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think the one, if I were to rewrite that book today in 2020, I think it would be, it would do, you know, the only, I mean, I haven't read that book since whenever it came out in 2010 or something, but I think the one thing that I, is probably missing is that like community lens and just like adding the steps around, um, the research and bringing in the community and, um, you know, speaking to moderators on Reddit, speaking to moderators on Facebook, getting them involved in the process, co-building the product with them is another big thing. How do you co-build the product? Um, 
And, and then if you're at the end of that process and that's like a sprint, we can call it like there's a design sprint and then there's a community design sprint. Maybe that's two different things. Mm -hmm. And when you're done with the community design sprint, then you should have an idea as to like, Hey, is this like a viable product here? And even if it's, maybe it's not viable, but you're like, Hey, I'm so passionate about like immigrants in the U S I'm going to do it anyways. And that's totally right. cool. I think, I think, a you know, a lot of these communities don't need venture capital to, to do it anyways. So like, that's a big thing I would suggest. Like for example, late check it is a self-funded thing. We don't, we don't, we don't, we haven't raised money. Um, we launch it without, um, but at the end of it, you you just, you can have an idea as to like, can this thing hit product market fit? Um, and then you just decide to launch it or not. And that's really the process. I love that. Um, because I think it, it, it also too gives you such a clear, simple, you know, three steps. You can try this with anything. And I, I really love the waitlist idea because there's, there's really no hard like effort lost. I mean, what do you lose a week after the experiment right. and if it, if it goes away? And I think to your earlier point about wanting to, you know, be world-class and kind of be the best at, you know, what you do, or at least, you know, one of the best in the world of what you do. I think the ability to go and say this year, I went through 52 experiments, 12 of them came out positive and actually generating revenue. 32 of them came out, you know, like this. And then the other eight are still pending. Like that as a year in, in, in uh, review is like, Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we almost got 52 things off. The, like that I think is an interesting conversation that I want to be having with myself because that's one of the things that as I listen to it, I'm like, Oh, like you just need to run more focused sprints. Like, yes, you can continue to go deep. And that's one it, like just playing flat out, like being in the space, right. Being in the community space. It's like, well, do you focus on companies? Do you focus on B2C? Do you do B2B? Do you do tech? Right. And to your point, it's like, just niche down, right? Like build a vertical platform to enable salespeople to send emails better. Like right. just that little tiny snippet of the market. Like that's the space I come from, right? So I'm like, oh, well there's outreach and there's sales loft. But then if I really think about it, what do people need? They only really want the like the hard parts that they have to customize. That's all anybody wants. You're like, do I need to use tone here? Or do I need to use a personal anecdote or do I need to use a customer story to get their attention? Uh, just, I'm gonna try all three. And then once you do that, learn, hey, uh, when you're selling to FinTech marketing directors, uh, you need to be using more anecdotes. No one cares about your case study, right? Mm -hmm. And so like that little snippet is I'm like, oh yeah, a little bit more specific. And you just test 10 different products for you know salespeople who sell to marketers, right? Cause you know that there are millions of those people out there. So if you could help give them something right for free, maybe it starts out as a, as a tool or a, uh, well, maybe not Chrome extension. Cause th those are going away. I, I think, right. I don't know about who, that, who knows? But we can get in, we can get in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but to sum that up, like, I, I think it's, it's a great framework, especially to find product market fit, especially for when people like people are itching right now. I know a lot of salespeople, they're like, bruh, like I'm trying to do the speaking. I'm trying to get this coaching money. I'm trying to do these mm -hmm. engagements, but I got a full-time job. And I'm like, ah, 
okay, this is interesting because you have a market that you can serve, but you also have a company that's saying, hey, you need to go ahead and serve this, you know, 40 hours right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it's also interesting. It's an interesting opportunity for the coming together of the minds of people in the same space to solve little micro problems that they're solving. I think that actually, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gary Chow and Orbital. I'm not. Um, so he, he, he came on the podcast uh, when I first started this a while back and it, it was an innovation studio similar to um, what you're running. And um, one of the things that kind of he talked about was developing and starting new ideas. And so giving people a framework and giving them communities of practice of people that are just like them on a nine to five basis. And you bring them together and say, Hey, what problems do you have right now? Like, I don't think there's a place right now to where I can honestly say salespeople go here to solve their problems together. Mm -hmm. Like there's sales hacker. There's, there's some, right? Like there's the big names that you know, but like, I don't really know where salespeople go to build ideas together. Right. And if they, come together, five salespeople come together, walk through this process. It's like, how many startups can get founded and funded or not funded, but how many startups can be built out of little weekly conversations between five sales reps um, in the, from wherever? I don't know. I just kind of jumped off a deep end there, but I was just kind of like, well, if, if we brought people together in communities of practice, it'd be interesting to see what they came up with. Well, I mean, you know, I think it's an important point and I think, you know, one of the things you're saying is like, okay, like, we know, what if you just built a product for salespeople that like served at like burning need? Um, one of the things that I think is really cool about vertical networks and products for verticals is you're able to do it. You're able to launch it. You're able to usually pretty quickly tell if it's working or not. Um, and then you get to ask yourself now what the question of now what which is cool because you can you can basically say like okay i have like ten thousand salespeople using this product and they love it and it's like what else can we give to these people um how else can we serve the this group of people and i think that's when you could expand your market and that's when you could monetize more and that's how you could bring more people together. And it's just a really cool opportunity to be able to ask yourself that question. Yeah. I also had this, this fun idea. I'm sure you're, you're all hip with the, you know, the rise of uh, live stream e-commerce um, mm-hmm. and, and what's happening there. And I was like, what if there was a B2B e-commerce that was a, a similar fashion to uh, the influencer over in, in, in China who I think was like 37 million people on a live stream or something selling right. like God knows what. Um, but I was like, Oh, th- this is actually an interesting idea. Like the first um, home shopping network, but for B2B technology, like you came on, right. I'm Travis. I like stroll up and like you sit here and I have literally the best of the best, whether it be partnering with product hunt partnering with a venture capital fund that has vertically integrated, you know, tools that they provide to marketers or maybe partnering with someone like Comser who is trying to build the community operating system Mm -hmm. for everybody. Right. Nobody really knows what a community operating system is yet. Right. But they're like, Hey, we're doing this thing that no one else is doing. And so look at all the 
tools around us. But point being, it's like, I feel like maybe five, 10 years from now, that's something that's going to be a reality, like real time buying business services and business technologies in a way that like, it's like, yeah, I know you need a new tool. It really isn't a six month onboarding process. Like let's, let's Mm -hmm. be really real about the whole B2B space right now. There are, and again, there are a few SaaS technologies that really take six to 12 months to really get rolling. If you're doing your jobs right. That's just, that's my opinion. So feel however you want about it, everyone. But I don't think much, some of these softwares take six to 12 months to really get out there. Obviously with large teams, totally get it, totally understand it. But um, as far as efficiencies and actual, um, the reality of, of bringing a new product to market and getting it set up as far as SaaS is concerned, you could probably get it done pretty quickly. And so to that point, if you can then enable people to then get up and running and say, Hey, like by the time you leave this workshop, you will literally have revenue generating campaigns that are in market operating. And that's what happens here. Like you come, you shop, we do it for you right here on the live stream. You get a discount because you were open. You open the books to the public, right? You said, Hey, this is our sales process. We know we need help and we're going to do it right now live. And they're going to install their sales tool or their sales widget or whatever and make it work for us. Like, I'm like, I can see that being a thing. I mean, that's the, that's the thing is like, we, I don't know how long we've been talking for, but less than an hour. And, you know, we've come up with like five to 10 ideas and we're not even trying in vertical networks. Just to give you a sense of like, <laughs> go like, go do a vertical network sprint for a week and like go spend 40 hours, like take a week off your job and go like come up with ideas and go and go do this. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with all the opportunity out there, but don't, don't, uh, don't send me a DM if you can't fall asleep at night. Uh, that's fair. So y'all heard that y'all go and think about it all night, but don't be sending Greg, no DMS, no 12 o'clock at night. Talk about some Greg. Look, I built a Facebook group for salespeople. Don't do that. You up question mark. (laughs) Oh man. You know, I love it, man. This has been such a, such a great interview and, and such a, you know, just, valuable conversation for a lot of reasons. Um, but for, for people listening, where can they, you know, connect with you? That's not your Twitter DMS or do you only stick to the Twitter world for communicating with humans? I mean, you can find me on Twitter. It's just my name at Greg Eisenberg. Maybe put a link somewhere, Mm -hmm. um, for deeper thoughts. So those are just like quick thoughts for deeper thoughts. My Substack, as I mentioned, late checkout.substack.com. Um, for random stories about my personal life, my name at Greg Eisenberg on Instagram, I guess. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I love it. And if there's anything or a message that you wanted to leave people with, what would it be? Um, whether it be, you know, a, a vision or just a thought or anything. Um, Yeah, I think it would just be that, you know, I believe that when like-minded people come together, it unlocks amazing potential and we're not at, we haven't unlocked it yet. 
and we've got a lot of work to do ahead and I can't do it alone and you can't do it alone. So I'm excited about, I mean, that's why I'm doing, you know, that's why I'll, I'll do these things is because I think, you know, it's better for humanity if people create products like that. Um, so have fun in, in subreddits, have fun in groups and get to know, you know, get to know people and, and go serve them with integrity and excited for you. Love it. Well, y'all heard it first from Greg. Uh, this has been such a fun episode and uh, look forward to having you back on the show again in the future, uh, Greg. Absolutely. If you'll have me, Travis, I'll come. <laughs> Thanks so much, right. my friend. Talk Take soon. care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Community Builder Podcast. If you received an ounce of value from this podcast, share it with your friends. Oh yeah. Don't forget to leave me a five-star review. I need those. Remember, each perfectly laid brick moves you one step closer to building your community.